Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast number 94 with Cade Clayson. Looking forward to talking to Cade. Uh, his FIM suspension is finally over. Hashtag free Cade, and he is free now. Uh, thank you, FXR Racing, the official gear of Cade Clayson and many other guys. Uh, use the code PULPMX30 when you check out to save at FXRRacing.com. They got great stuff. They've got a lot of stuff, and uh, it's good quality, and it works well, and looks good. And you can save Pulpomex thirty code. So thanks to uh, FXR Racing for making this podcast happen. As well, thank you Race Tech. Uh, Pulp nineteen is the code to save uh, with Race Tech. Get your motor work done there. Get your motor service there. Suspension as well. Uh, they do a really good job with suspension. Get your oil changed. Get your bushings done. Just give your bike some love, and the folks at Race Tech can do that, and it'll work so much better for you, and you will enjoy riding because Race Tech tuned your bike. So thanks, Race Tech, as well. Uh, also, Namira, Namira Pistons. Uh, they're pistons with an attitude. Their top-end repair kits uh, are great, and they're, they're at a price that will keep you riding every single weekend, no matter what budget, from uh, guys like Kate Clayson. To uh, privateer guys, to uh, weekend warriors, they've got you and your wallet covered. They offer a full line of cast and forged pistons for every MX application you can think of. Fully CNC'd and hard anodized domes, as well as MOS2 rolled-on curded skirts. Namira pistons are cut above the rest. Namira.com, N-A-M-U-R-A.com. Please check them out. Go to your local dealer. Insist on Namira. Skosh as well. Family-owned and operated company since 1980. Rockstar Husky team uses Skosh. Uh, I have their little boom bottle thing, uh, a couple of them for the garage and for the house, and they're really, really good. Uh, go to skosh.com, S-C-O-S-C-H-E.com. Use the code PULP25 at checkout to save 25% on your purchase, and uh, they work via Bluetooth, man, and headphones and speakers are their thing, and uh, they do a good job with that. Maxis.com. If you want to talk about privateers, Maxis.com really helped out AJ Cantonzaro this year and all the supercrosses, and uh, de- they got the MXST tires developed by the king. Jeremy McGrath, currently out in Mammoth on a KX500. And uh, thanks to Maxis for making this happen. Mountain bike tires are great. I've got the Minions on my bike, and I love them. Maxis.com, everybody. Uh, great company. Great guys. Thanks for the support in this show. Let's talk to Cade, shall we, about uh, the suspension finally coming to an end, his thoughts on that, what he wants to do, when he wants to jump into racing, and much more on the uh, Privateer Island Life podcast. Here's Cade Clayson. And now, as promised, on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life podcast number 94 with my friend Cade Clayson. Uh, Big news today, getting the suspension lifted. Cade, congratulations, man. You are eligible to race uh, in the Nationals down here in the USA or uh, or Supercross next year, man. Yeah, I'm amped. Um, You know, it's been two years, long time coming, but, you know, I'm happy I I get to go racing again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, how's the Canadian series going for you? We're three rounds down into that. You had a good race in the mudder in Manitoba, uh, at the one moto format. Uh, how's the series going for you? I was at the round one, and you weren't stoked. It wasn't wasn't a great race for you. No, round one was terrible. I uh, I was kind of sick. Um, you know, I got really sick after the race, so you know that's that's always a bummer. But um, you know, after that, the next weekend I did really good. The first moto and then the second moto, I was doing good again and had a mechanical. Um, but I still rode really good that weekend, mm-hmm. so it was a plus. And then the third round, you know, I I uh, did really good. I stayed off the ground in the mud, and so it was a step in the right direction for sure. Um, so yeah, now we're just back home, uh, trying to uh, do as much as we can to get ready for Gopher. Uh, did you believe that there should only be one moto run? Uh, your buddy Phil. Nicoletti was very, very angry about that. 
Yeah, I heard he was talking crap on me for not wanting to race the second moto. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. From my perspective, you know, I'm, you know, my, my team's a lot smaller than Phil's. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I go out and I blow my bike up trying to race another moto, it it kind of hurts us a lot more than it would hurt Phil's team, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, I, I was okay with not doing a second moto because, in all honesty, I didn't think it was going to get better. I thought it was going to get worse because that mud, when it starts to dry, it gets crazy heavy. Oh, yeah. And I don't think the track would have gotten much better. So I was perfectly okay with not riding anymore. You know, I was kind of over it, and I was happy with fifth. Uh-huh. So, you know, but, I mean, if we would have, it wouldn't have been the end. Like, I was getting ready for the second moto. Um, you know, perfectly content with going back out. And then mm-hmm. someone came into our pit and was like, oh, hey, they canceled it. <laughs> and I was like, sweet. And I packed all my stuff. And then someone came in and they're like, oh, hey, they're not canceling it. We're going to race. And I was like, what the heck? Yeah. It was just like a whirlwind of emotions. But, I mean, I was okay with not racing the second one. Right, right. Um, FXR Racing, of course, uh, you helped them out. You worked for them uh, in the Supercross Series. Uh, you're not still doing you're, – you're kind of a, a pro, pro racer in the summer, right? Or is it or has the job expanded from what I know? No, yeah. I just kind of help Andy out uh, with the Supercross stuff so he doesn't have to travel as much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, between him and, you know, the design guy, Carson, they just kind of asked me to help out. And, you know, I don't mind. I like going to the races, and I still get to be a part of stuff, you know, when I wasn't getting to race, and it gives me something to do, you know, so I didn't have to go get, like, a 9-to-5 job. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. You know, I appreciate them for letting me do that. And we uh, we just work really well together. And, you know, I spend as much time up there with those guys as I can. So I just uh, I enjoy working with them. They're a good group of people. And, yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to continue into Supercross next year. Um just because hopefully I'm going to be racing and, uh, you know, it's kind of a lot to take on, you know, I yeah. can help out when I told him I'd help out if I could. Yep. But, um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm going to hopefully be racing as long as I can get something lined up. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's, a, it's a lot to do when you're racing and you're trying to focus on, on the, on the race itself, but yeah, great bunch of guys there. You were an FXR racer when the suspension hit and they stood behind you. They they got you to the races. They paid you a little bit of money to keep going. Like, really cool of them to do that. Uh, props to FXR Racing for standing behind you. I mean, they could have just said, "Hey, we don't want anything to do with this cheater." You know what I mean? But which we know you're not, and we yeah. know the story. But that's awesome they did that. Yeah, no, Andy. Andy's really cool. He uh, he's always been right there for me. My wife loves him because he's so nice, and you know he's always just really good to me and her and um, the whole company. Really, you know. I don't see Milt as much as I'd like to. He's a pretty cool dude. He's so involved in the company for the guy who owns it, you know, but mm-hmm. um, basically everyone that works there, they're just, you know, they're Canadian. So they're all always so happy. No, that's me. I'm <laughs> always happy. Just... Right. Yeah. We, except when you don't have coffee. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Um, so, okay. Uh, I'm so confused. I don't know where to start on this suspension. We've covered it a lot in Racer X and on this on this Privateer podcast over the years. Um, it just looks like you never. Correct me if I'm wrong at any point, please, Kate, if you can. You never got a notice on how long you were suspended for. You just got a notice that it's coming to an end. So, like the last, I don't, I don't know. I mean eight months has actually been really productive 
and the people I've worked with are really cool. So they obviously the FIM got a new president. Um, Vargas maybe is his name. I'm not yep. really sure. Yeah, Port- I never from Portugal, right? Yeah. My, yeah, my lawyer dealt with all that stuff, but um, and then Dingman. Without Dingman, none of this would have happened. Like he's, you know, he's basically put his foot down and stood up for Brock and I. And if it wasn't for him, like nothing would have gotten done. Um, that guy calls my dad like multiple times a week, just you know, trying to help mm-hmm. stuff. Um, he's been a huge help, and um, you know, they just have a bunch of new people involved, which is awesome. Uh, you know, they've been super productive and trying to do stuff, and um, it just takes it takes a while. Like, no matter what we did, it had to. Even if the FIM approved it, they'd have to send it to WADA and then they'd have to approve or deny it. And a few times, like, FIM would approve stuff that we were doing or that we needed, and then the WADA wouldn't. So that's like a one-month swing right there of just, you know, waiting for them. Um, So it was just a really long waiting game, which is annoying. But, you know, like, there's nothing else we could really do. Um, It it was a struggle, but, you know, we, we, we finally got to somewhere where we could agree on everything that was happening and you know we just made it work when did when did the 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 work the last four months you said um is that coinciding with rob digman becoming vice president of the fim i'm not totally sure i know that he started helping um you know basically right when he got in charge i don't know when exactly that was but i can tell you that Towards the end of 18 mm-hmm. is when, you know, things really started making headway. Um, you know, it, we had a few bumps in the road with WADA not approving stuff, which okay. is fine. You know, it is what it is. But, um, you know, like I said, we finally came to an agreement and, you know, we set my release date for exactly two years. And, you know, that was the 21st a couple of days ago. And, you know, finally, it, you know, it just came out today because we had to wait for paperwork to get signed and stuff from everybody. So mm-hmm. it's just, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, without him, none of this would have happened. So it was a huge step for all of us because he did a really good job. That's awesome. Uh, that's that's good to hear. And, and you never did answer my You never did get a penalty. Uh, not exactly, no. Right. Um, like, they said the four-year thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, I believe what exactly. So in reality, I never talked personally, except for one hearing that we did for like 15 minutes over Skype. I personally never had communication with anyone from the FIM or anyone from WADA. So like my lawyer literally had to do everything because once I like appointed him, they couldn't talk to me. They had to talk to him. Right. Um, so they, they said the four year thing, but then that's why they set a hearing to like decide a real punishment. Mm-hmm. We set a hearing mm-hmm. and some other things were decided. Um, so we postponed the hearing because we knew that we just kind of knew what was going on and they wanted to postpone it to see what else was happening with my TUE and different things. So, because now I have an approved TUE. Mm-hmm. So like it kind of made it like, it's called a retroactive TUE. So basically like, I have, I now have a regular TUE. It just, it was kind of came after the fact. So then they wanted to do like a time served kind of thing, but I had to do at least half of what the original punishment was. So 
so that's why it was set to two years. Okay. All right. So they sort of – it sounds like they kind of were making it up as they go along, though, a little bit at some point. I not, mean, I mean, not really. Um, I think for us it was super confusing because there's just so much, like, when they would send us paperwork and stuff, it was, like, huge amounts of it. Um, so it was, it's, it's really hard to understand. Um, and, you know, like, when we ask questions – you know, everything has to go through lawyers and other things. So it takes kind of, it takes time to get stuff back. So mm-hmm. it's just really hard to understand perfectly because there's just so much going on. Um, for people, I guess to recap a little bit, if you don't know, it's been a couple of years, like you said, uh, you've, you were taking Adderall for ADD. You filled out a TU therapeutic exemption, use exemption form. You have a doctor sign off on it, which you did, that you need the Adderall uh, to help you to help you uh, race and focus. You you sent it in. They said no. We need more information from your doctor. This this form doesn't quite doesn't quite put you in the clear to use it. You got the more information from your doctor. You sent it back in. You never heard from them again. You assumed it was okay. You got busted for Adderall. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, what we came to is the fact that like whether it got lost or whatever is they never got the second form that, you know, basically stated, you know, the second, the, 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 the second with more information. Right. Right. Okay. So, Correct. so d- did it, did it, it, me, me assuming, me assuming that it was approved was my fault. Obviously I should have probably put more effort into it. Obviously. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Um, you know, it's, it, that's why I'm at fault and that's kind of why I've just accepted the fact like, Hey, I got suspended. Like I just need to like make it right now. So like, you know, some people want to blame them. And, like, you know, I've kind of came to terms with, okay, I, I messed up. I should have done better with my paperwork. Yep. And you know, that's why I'm suspended. Um, now, were you able ever ever able to track that second letter and find out what happened to it? Honestly, no. I haven't really put that much work into it. Um, you know, it's not in my email. It's you know, so that's that's kind of where another problem arose. So, um, you know, I don't know if it just didn't send or what what exactly happened, dude. It was a lot. You know, that was in 2015, so that was like a long time ago. Right. Right. Jeez. Oh, um, okay. So, so it's just like, well, look, this I uh, you know, uh, I was. So you've been racing in Canada since then, and I was told yeah. by a very important figure in American motocross that as long as you kept racing, you would never be approved. And Brock Tickle certainly looked into racing in Canada, and he was told, now I haven't heard this from, no, I did hear this from Tickle directly, he was told, you don't do the straight rhythm, don't race in Canada, they, they frown on that, but it turns out, Cade, that that's wrong information because you've been racing in Canada for the last couple of years. Hey, man. So, you know what, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know if I got really lucky or what, but you know, I, I kind of just risked it because it's like, yeah, you gotta I make a either, living. All right. Yeah. I, I can either sit on the sidelines and wait for two years. It would have been two years. So I would not have raced the motorcycle for, you know, two years, you know, um, I wouldn't have done anything competitive for two years or, you know, I can go up there and do my best and see what happens and at least, you know, race while I can. Because basically if I would have taken two years off, I mean, the, the odds of me coming back and, I mean, everyone saw what happened to Stu after 16 months, you know. 
Wow. He, so, just stay stay away from the desserts, Cade. Yeah. I mean, that would have been number one. I mean, you know, being honest here, right? So. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not faulting Brock for, by any means. You know, that guy did what he thought was best for him. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Brock's in a little bit different situation, no, bro- too. It is, a diff- to make it is a different situation from yours, too. More, yeah. I mean, he's out to make way more money. Like, you know, I'm I'm not in the same position as he is. He's probably made way more money in his career and he can, and he can afford to, you know, take time off and, you know, wait it out and see what happens where I wasn't in that position. So I had to just kind of do with what I was kind of told. Um, which is weird because, you know, at first I was fully prepared to just kind of like give up and not race anymore because like, I mean, I didn't really know what else to expect, you know, like I was, you know, I started doing some college, like I did some college mm-hmm. courses and then, you know, because at first I wasn't going to be able to race in Canada and with, cause they were going to have the FIM a part of that's the right. series. Oh yeah, that's right. I was like, yeah. yeah. And so like, I didn't even look at a dirt bike for like five months. You mm-hmm. know? I had surgery. I did all this stuff. Like I was a normal person and, uh, but it was, it was kind of nice to hit a reset button and, try and do whatever I could so yeah I'm not I'm not trying to you know say what is right and what is wrong because you know I have no idea yeah um, you're just happy you can race again <laughs> yeah exactly so um, um yeah FF, FXR Racing uh, Pulp MX30 is the code to save at fxrracing.com you get the same gear that Kate Clayson wears Josh Osby Phil Nicoletti, many more racers. Uh, at Race Tech Suspension as well. Ben LeMay, Michael Lessie, Tyler Medallia, just a few of the guys using Race Tech out there. And uh, use the code PULP19 to save with them. Zombie Chris Blos killed it in Supercross with Race Tech too, by the way. Uh, thanks to Skosh, Maxis, uh, for coming on the show, as well as Namira Technologies, Piston Kits with an Attitude. Thanks to all those guys for coming on. Uh, yeah, Kate, it's, it's, it's so, okay, so yeah, the Canadian racing thing never turned out to be true. Obviously, you you kept going and make which to me infuriated me that they're telling you you cannot make a living at doing what you're doing. You're a professional motocross racer. Yes, you have these issues and you can't race anything with FIM. I never understood that because how can they tell a plumber who fails a drug test at a plumbing company that he can never be a plumber again no matter what? Now you have to be a roofer or whatever. Like that to me was insane that they could do well, that to you. That's, that's- that's not really how it's worded. It's worded as a, as a fact that, um, so like, let's say I get suspended riding a dirt bike here in the U S it's worded as you're not allowed to do anything competitive anywhere in the world in any sanction, like any, the way F- I was, any in, FIM sanction. Like, no, no, oh. anything anywhere. Like if I wanted to go play in a local golf tournament, you know, down the road from my house, that would violate that rule. That's how it's worded. Yeah, um, okay, so, but that didn't affect you. Yeah, so that's kind of why, <laughs> like, I had multiple lawyers look at that, and they were just like, you know, we don't right. really understand this either. Like, there's no way they can enforce that. So, right. and that's why I just kind of went went with what I had. You know, I, like I said, I just risked it because, it's like, I didn't really know what was worth it and what wasn't. So It's so um, frustrating. It is what it is, man. Um, you know, like, so, I can't, I, yeah. I can sit here. I can't, like, I'm not even like, it's, it's weird to me because every like all these, I see all these comments and stuff on social media. And it's like, oh, screw these guys, screw these guys. And it's like, man, 
like in reality, I've just kind of came to terms with like, I fucked up the paperwork. Right. And it's like, you know, now I just have to work on what I need to do to be better. Um, it's, you know, it was hard to deal with at first, you know, it's like, <clears throat> I just didn't really know how to accept it at first. And now I just came to terms with it. It's not anybody's fault. I just need to like make the best of it. And that's kind of like what I did. And I just try to stay positive and not, you know, not blame anyone for anything and just try to fix it. You get what I'm saying? Oh, I hear you. And I understand that. And you're happy to be racing and you just want to carry on. But your, your, your thing has cost you two years. That, that really shouldn't. Christian Craig got notified of a positive test a year and a half later. Like, or a year later. A year later. Um, Ten minutes. But yeah. Tickle, Tickle finally got... Tickle had no penalty for him. He had no idea when it came back until, like you said, Rob Digman pushed the issue a little bit. This thing, this whole thing's been a joke. We want drug testing in our sport, but this thing has been a total joke. And again, I, I, get, your, I get you being politically correct and, and all that, but uh, this has been a nightmare for Christian Craig, Brock Tickle, yourself, and Stu. Although Stu, Stu brought on himself. From what I understand, he you know he took Adderall and had no no TUE or anything. So I think his case is a little different story, you know. So yeah, um, I mean, like I I know literally nothing about the Stu situation. Yeah, I don't I don't know much either. Right. So. Yeah. Well, was, I don't know. It was very. Much- they got to do better. They have to do better with this and. You know, you lost two prime earning years in Supercross where you're going to make the most money because of, like you said, yeah. your screw-up, your mistake, absolutely. You're, you're owning that, and, and it is, but it's got to be better. So, Yeah, and I think, I, think, I think it is getting better, like I said. Like, yeah, ding, um, yeah, maybe Rob can. With the new people, like, they've been way more responsive and, you know, like really, kind of, honestly, really awesome to deal with. Um. Like every time my lawyer gets an email, it automatically gets forwarded to me so I can read everything and know what's going on. Um, and when he sends, like, it's hard because of the time change. So yep. sometimes like there's a day delay, obviously, but, um, you know, usually like stuff happens. Like in the last six months, things have been happening like pretty fast. So I, I know it's hard to say because it took six months, but I feel like in, you know, legal terms, you know, like court wise and stuff like that, yep. like that's pretty fast. Um, uh, yeah. So, like, I really can't complain because I feel like they are making strides to be better. It's just a process. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is a process. So, plan for you. Uh, finish up the Canadian Series and race Supercross in 2020? Yeah. Um, that's That's the plan. You know, I got to figure out, you know, obviously I can't just do Supercross on my own. Right. Kind of hard. Um, but, you know, the plan is to go out there and race. Um, you know, I, I was planning on trying to do Redbud next weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, but uh, I I was literally on the phone with the guy right before you got here about my license, and he's like, oh, man, do we have 120 entries in the 450 class right now? Like, there's <laughs> no way you're getting in. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, that sucks. So, uh, you know, I'm going to plan on doing some u.s nationals like i've got oh, my okay. license yep. or I'm, I'm waiting for my approval right now yep so i can sign up but the plan is to uh to do a couple so that's a plus and then uh you know finish the canadian series obviously and try and you know do better up there um and then yeah hopefully supercross um i'd like to do some off-season stuff too um 
I'd love, I'd love to go back to Germany and try and redeem myself over there because we all know how terrible that went the first time I went. Do you? Um, okay, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, oh, do yeah. you feel? How rusty do you think you're going to be? How how much is this going to hurt you? How behind do you think you'll be? Do you feel confident? I mean, look, one of the things that the only silver lining in this suspension was you had bad shoulder, right? Really bad shoulder, and was it shoulder or knee? Yeah, it was shoulder. Oh, uh, I mean, I have a bad knee too, but it doesn't hold me back at right, all. Right, but the shoulder was. Up. Yeah, so yeah, it's good now. Yeah, so it's good now. So that's the only silver lining to this whole thing. Um, but do you feel like you're gonna you can pick up right where you left off, which was you know a main event guy, and if you didn't make the main, you know you were right there uh, in in the running. Do, do you think you can get back there pretty easy, or is Supercross so so such a specialist specialist type of sport that you these two years are gonna really hurt you? Um, I mean, I definitely think it's gonna take some work. Uh, I I feel like I've lost some of my intensity. Since I don't race, you know, nearly as much now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I can get it back. You know, I don't think I'm going to show up at A1 next year and, you know, light the world on fire. Because um, as much as I would love to come out and just, you know, top 10 and be like, yeah, two right. years, this is what it takes. No, that's, not, <laughs> that's probably not what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just. I would love to come out and just take it easy and get through, you know, basically preseason supercross is scarier than actually racing supercross because you're so rusty and just like practice tracks are sketchy and you kind of get where I'm at. Um, it just takes time. So I just, I kind of want to ease back into the supercross thing um, and just figure it out one step at a time. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes from there. It's going to be tough, huh? Like, I, I mean, mean yeah. I think it'll be tough, but yep. I think I, I can, as long as I have like a good bike, um, and I think obviously bikes are, are always getting better. And so as long as I get comfortable and just take my time and don't try and rush into it and just go crazy, I think I'll be fine. I don't, you know, I think first round I'll probably come out and hopefully qualify somewhere in the twenties. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it's a long ways away, but, yeah. um, you know, that's where it's not like I forgot how to ride a dirt bike. I still ride. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You race Canadian Nationals. You're a top 10 guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, like, you know, technical stuff has kind of always been my my thing. It's my High-speed stuff has never really been my forte. So um, the, the Supercross thing, it's a little bit slower pace, and, you know, I've always been kind of good at it. So we'll, uh, we'll see. You know, I'm not trying to worry about it too much. I'm just kind of – you know, one step at a time. Obviously, I just want to get back out there and you know find someone to help me with bikes and stuff, and you know we'll see how it goes. How much? Okay. How much did you miss it? How, did you were you able to put the fact that you couldn't race Supercross and Motocross down here in your home country? Did the Canadian thing just take up all your time and 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 you know kind of kind of make you forget about it, or did going to the races and being a gear guy? And then the fact that you had to go to another country to make a living, and, and, and I'm not a great living at that. It's Canadian motocross. How much did you miss it, or did you find yourself sort of, I don't, I don't know if, being okay isn't the right term, but did you find yourself, you know, mentally being all right with what was going on, or was it killing you? Um, at first, it wasn't bad, because I was still hurt, um, and I was just glad to be at the races and be around everyone. Mm-hmm. It was really weird, because people, like, some people treated me like 
really differently, um, which I didn't love. Really? Really? People, yeah. Not like, I don't know, like rider wise, some guys looked at me as a gear guy and were like really kiss ass. And then like people that I wasn't really friends with before. And it's like, okay, I totally get how gear guys feel now. Um, it kind of gave me a new respect for that. But um, so that was weird. Um, and then some people were like kind of touchy feely about the whole subject. And it's like, man, I'm super open about it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you guys, um, I've never tried to hide anything. Um, so that was weird at first, but then once I started riding, um, it, it kind of started to make me miss it. Um, just because I knew where I, what I was capable of and I knew like a roundabout spot, like where I would be. And so it, that was a struggle. Um, this year was a lot worse. I, I just, you know, I got to, this year, I actually like walked the tracks every weekend with guys and, mm-hmm. you know, was way more involved. Um, and it was just like, I don't miss hitting whoops. That's, that's the one thing. I didn't miss that at all. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I did miss – this year was definitely the worst going to the races. You know, some weekends I, I wouldn't even, like, try and watch the races um, just really? because it, yeah. it was a bummer, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but, I mean, maybe that's kind of what I needed to reset. My last year of Supercross wasn't my best, so right. maybe – now I'll just be a little bit hungry and want a little bit more once I get back out there. So did anybody treat you? You mentioned some people treating you differently, you know, because you're a gear guy now, quote unquote, right? Um, and by the way, I definitely noticed when I transitioned into media, I was treated differently than when I was a mechanic. So that's a long time ago now, but I can 100% think of some some guys that immediately treated me differently. Did you have guys, either industry people or riders, treating you different as if you were a cheater? Um, I don't think like people in the sport, because a lot of people in the sport kind of knew what was going on. And at least if they thought that they didn't act that way towards me, obviously there's all those keyboard warriors online that you see stuff that would kind of, you know, make those comments and things, but no one really ever to my face kind of blew me out about anything like that. Yeah. And and relation uh, and relationships stayed the same for with, with whatever you had before stayed the same. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like my old teams and stuff, like they were, you know, still really good with me. You know, Mm -hmm. they always said good things, you know, people that I was really close with, it almost kind of made me closer with them. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just a lot came out and I feel like some people just wanted to support me more because they knew of the bad situation I was in and other people just wanted to like be there as support, you know? Right. Um, you know, some sponsors were like so helpful and oh, cool. You know, still yep. wanted to back me and stuff. So, like, that was rad. Like, you know, I, right now I still have some of the same sponsors that I had back then. And, you know, like now I have 6D and, you know, those guys, they're like, yeah, man, you know, we know all about your situation and stuff and we'd love to help you. And um, they're like, we can't wait for you to race again in the U.S. And once you can, like, we're going to be there. And it's like, you know, that, that kind of stuff is really cool. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it kind yeah. of sucks that kind of had to come from a situation like this. No, but, right. Um, you know, it's cool that I had so many people like in my corner, like just trying to be helpful and stuff. And and and, and like you said, FXR said, "Hey, man, no problem. Uh, we'll give you a job. We'll help you out." Yeah. You know? So exactly. So um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, honestly, without Andy and those guys, like I don't really know if I would have 
even been around. Like I, I yeah. probably 100% wouldn't have gone to a Supercross race without, yeah. without that. So right. um, it would have kind of made me irrelevant, I feel like. But, you know, it's nice to, uh, like I said, it, yeah. those guys really made my life better. When did you, when was the first, so Rob Digman came in around December, January, and the, the president and all the old cronies got swept right out, and thank God for that. Those jerk offs at the FIM, but uh, that's my words, not yours. Um, so we got a new regime in there, and they're helping out. When did you think, Cade, that things were turning a corner? What, like, do you remember a moment, either a, a Dingman email or phone call, or, or somebody saying, "Hey, you know," because you were kind of just going around and around, like you said, it wasn't really happening. Nothing was really going on. When did you get a sense of like, "Wow, like this guy's in my corner, and I may have my situation resolved." Um, I would say like January ish. Okay. Um, my TUE got approved and, uh, you know, things just started happening fast and, you know, people were, you know, calling and responding and it was, it was, everything was happening. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so that was really nice, you know, but you know, once, once things started happening, it all just kind of compiled into good things. I mean, obviously there were some setbacks and that's why it took until now, but yeah. Um, you know, like I said, you know, January was really, I feel like the turning point of like right. making headway. Yeah. You're like, finally. And, and, and this is, I mean, what percent pie would you give it to Dingman that things were looking this way? A hundred? <laughs> uh, like 75 to 90%. Right. Right. So he was, he did a lot. Yeah. yeah. He did a lot. Yeah. And I mean, my dad, my dad and him talk all the time and, uh, you know, like if it wasn't for my dad, nothing would have happened. That that guy put in more work for this than, you know, I could have ever asked. Uh-huh. He, you know, he he understands all of this more than I do. Um, he he'll get he'd get paperwork and he would reread it like fifty times and then call my lawyer and they'd talk about it and like they would just leave me out of the loop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, because like my dad is the one who's kind of. Like, there's no way I could have afforded a lawyer like this on my own the whole time. So without my dad, none of this would have been possible, you know? Yeah. Did you... Um, Go ahead. Did you reach out to Tickle at all? Did you talk to him? I mean, I talked to him a little bit. Um, You know, Tickle and I didn't really know each other. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because, like, our lawyers talked, and my dad talked to, like, his lawyer and stuff. So we knew exactly what was going on in each other's situations. Mm -hmm. And then we saw each other a few times when he was working with Marshall yep. uh, Welton yep. and, you know, we would just like kind of exchange, you know, pleasantries and stuff. Um, but we would never really talk about, you know, our stuff. I mean, I reached out to Christian right after things happened or that stuff came out and I was like, look, man, if you need like yeah. contact info for anybody and stuff, like feel free to ask and uh, stuff like that. I mean, he probably has more pull than I ever did, but you know, at least I offered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. Right. But I mean, we, we kind of knew what was going on in each other's stuff, but we just kind of minded our own business. Really. Did you think there was a chance you'd never race again? You'd never get ne- like, or, or was, was that four years in that Skype call? Like, was that sort of like, it's going to be four years at least at, or at the most, Did, you, did which, which, which would, you know, would have put you, two years from now and maybe you wouldn't erase just because of the age thing. I, I don't know. But did you think there was a point where everything was done? I mean, I remember a day I was with Osby and I cut up my AMA card 
And I was like, well, I'm probably never going to have one of these again. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, like I was, I was at the point where I was like, look, I'm probably never going to race dirt bikes in the U.S. again. Like, you know, it is what it is. Right. And that was, that was, you know, the beginning of last summer. Um, and I kind of came to terms with it and was like, I just kind of have to make the best of what I have. Um, so, and I mean, obviously once things started changing, it was a huge relief. Mm -hmm. So I was, I had kind of reached that point where I was like, I don't know if anything's ever going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for good or for bad for me. Um, but at least we, uh, you know, made headway and, you know, it seemed to work out. FXR Racing, Race Tech Suspension, Privateer Island Life Podcast, number 94 with Cade Clayson. Thanks to Skosh as well. We're going to give you something from Skosh, uh, Cade. They give every privateer uh, something, so that's awesome. Uh, visit oh, yeah. Skosh, yeah, Skosh. yeah. Skosh.com, use the code PULP25 at checkout. to save 25% off your purchase. They're a proud sponsor of the Rockstar Energy Husky team. Uh, and products are inspired by a passion for cool vehicles, amazing sounds, the great outdoors, travel, motorsports, and more. Max's Tires, AJ Cantonzaro. Uh, running Maxxis Tires, MXST, uh, developed by the King, Jeremy McGrath, Maxxis.com for great mountain bike tires. And also Namira Pistons with an Attitude, their top-end repair kits offer everything you need to rebuild your top-end at a price that will keep you riding every single weekend. Namira.com, visit your local dealer for more information. Thanks to those companies for sponsoring this podcast. And, and in a way, Kate, thank you at FXR for sponsoring this podcast, although it's not you. but Hey, man, you know what? Me and A-Ray made this podcast. You, you kind of did. We did. Yep. Yep. You no, know, it's uh now we brought we brought this podcast to life. You kind of did. I I hundred percent agree with that. You deserve some credit. Maybe I'll break you off a percentage of the earnings of this of this show. Um, what if you come back to Supercross, Kate, and you start beating Alex Ray? Do you understand the fun I am going to have with this? <laughs> Do you have any idea I mean, of the of the joy Alex this will bring me? A, Alex has a very big advantage on me right now yeah he does yeah um, yep. but dude that kid has been riding so well um you know last year when he was with you know uh rock river or whatever and even this year he he's he's grown up so much as a rider that it was cool to kind of see um i think when he was at club living with me he kind of like turned a corner like wow this is like what hard work actually looks like um and then when he left club, he kind of understood it and was able to apply it in his own way, and it worked for him. Um, so I'm, I was I was really pumped for him to always be doing better uh, because, you know, he's my buddy, and, yeah. you know, it's hard for me to ever hate on him. But, um, you know, when I come back, you know, honestly, when I come back, it's going to be more about just worrying about myself mm-hmm. and then trying, to, then trying to get faster and be Alex. <laughs> it's funny because I've gotten – so many comments and messages today about Alex and I racing together again. <laughs> hey, people remember uh, those podcasts. They remember when you, you guys would tell each other to shut up and then talk about your racing. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, so um, I mean, the dude talks too much, dude. He does. It's like he, like we'll be you and I will be talking and he'll just chime in. It's like no, yeah. it's my time. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have my moment. Yeah, I think we just eventually got out of that group text and it's just me, you and I, because we couldn't handle a right Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, if you do remember, we had a group chat called Privateer Island because we started that. Yeah, we yeah. did. No, I know. Um, this may be a dumb question, and but maybe it applies. Will there be anything? Do you think? that will be better for you that you'll be, that you'll do better you'll be better at uh anything uh, is there i i again I'm gonna could, be better at paperwork <laughs> yeah, exactly um yeah. yeah 
No, but you know what I mean? Like, um, like okay, so you're watching the press box. You and I would sit beside each other here and there. You're at these races. I don't know, Kate. I'm just, is there anything that'll be better? Um, I don't know. I think my starts will be better because I've, I've still never started on a great. That's <laughs> like a thing I've never done yet. I, you know, it's funny. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I've definitely learned a lot. It's, you know, being able to watch so much, um, you kind of learn different ways people do things and you can kind of apply it yourself. So that's cool. Um, but it's hard to say without actually applying it to a supercross track. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. You know, obviously I watched as much as I could um, and, you know, tried to learn as much as I could because I'm one of those guys that doesn't really go to a race to watch the race. I go to the race to watch the way different guys do things. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes Supercross cool. Yep. You know, um, seeing the difference between Eli and Marvin, the way they attack sections is so cool to me. Um, so I would, lo- I can't wait to try and apply that stuff. But as of right now, I mean, I think I'm going to be riding the struggle bus for a little while, but once I get back on Supercross, yeah, so. yeah, no, you, you, you probably will be. And, and that's, that's to be expected. Right. So for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've, I've been so vocal about this, this thing and what a joke it's been and, and it really has. And I stand by it. Um, if I were you. I'd be more bitter. Yes, yes, uh, you should have filled out the paperwork or, tra- or tracked it down. I mean, you should have followed up with that. Yes, all of that. I get it. But, you know, the whole process, I, I would just be bitter. You have a better attitude than I would um, than I would have, Kate, I got to say. I guess what else can you do? You could carry on being super bitter, but, uh, you know, that doesn't help anybody. But that's how I'd be, I think. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's just it came to a point where it was like, I can be as like I can be as mad as I want. It's not going to change anything. So I just kind of had to accept the fact of where I was and try and make the best of it. And I feel like that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my wife Sarah kind of played a huge part in that. She didn't like because at first I was super bitter. I would just call and complain, and <laughs> she was and she was like she she's honestly had like no part in this whole situation. She has her job, and you know she she's super busy. Um, you know, so like I would have to update her on things that are happening. And she's like, well, that's crazy. Like, how is that even possible that that works? And it's like, look, it's just how it happens. And she's like, well, we just need to have a good attitude about it. And, you know, no matter, like, I can't change the way another company does business. So it's just like, I have to make the best of the situation I'm handed. And, um, you know, I feel like I did that. And I feel like I've always kind of, you know, I've never like publicly like gone out and just trash talked anybody, which I feel like is good on me. You know, I can't I can't sit here and blame them because, you know, in reality they did their job and I I didn't do mine to the best of my abilities, so I can just blame myself and make the best of it. How'd you uh, you moved to Arizona? How's that going? It's hot. Um, <laughs> the there's not as many tracks as I would like that are open during the week. So it's a process when I want to go ride. Um, but it's good. You know, I spend, I spend a lot of time in Canada, um, like during the season. So it's not too bad then. And, you know, I was in California for a few weeks and, um, obviously, you know, the beginning of the year I was still in South Carolina. So, Mm -hmm. um, but when I'm home, it's, 
it's kind of a struggle to ride sometimes. Right. But, um, you know, I make the best of it. Um, I go to Phoenix and I, uh, you know, I have a track right by my house, but it's only open one day a week Mm. and one day during the week. So I'm either driving or not riding. So, um, but I make the best kind of what I have and I, I like it here. It's nice having a home. Like I miss club for the fact of like, I love, I miss that like kind of camaraderie of always having someone to train with and, you know, push each other. And, you know, I could walk 50 feet and see one of my best friends. Um, you know, it's weird being here and like not having any friends yet and not being like, yo, you want to come over and cook dinner together or, you know, something like that. So it's definitely a, like, I feel like I hit an old man stage right. in my life. Cause right. that's just like, I'm kind of living at home, but, um, <laughs> it's good. Yeah. I like it. Um, I'm having fun. It's nice to finally have Sarah back. Um, have her cook all my meals. That's, yeah. that's nice. She's a good cook and I'm not, She's so uh, she's, a ba- she's a badass, by the way, too. Much much tougher. She than is, you or I. Yeah. yeah. Oh, way tougher. Yeah, way, way tougher. tougher. Way tougher. Right. Um, and it's ba- it's bad because Phil knows that, and he like makes it known all the time. He's like, "Man, Sarah will just whoop your ass." And yeah, like, she yeah, probably she, would. Yeah, she, she would. Phil. Whoop your right. ass too, Phil. Right. <laughs> Phil needs to just worry about his own chick situation. It, that's a, it, that's a, currently a disaster. So that's. Touchy. I'm not going to bring that up. I feel bad for the guy. I know, but it, and if he hears you talking about it, he'll get even madder at you. So don't bring it up. But I, that's why I don't bring it up. Okay. Well, I did, so I don't care. Um, hey, um, it's a long way away, but could you see yourself with, with you know with going up Canada the last few years? Could you see yourself doing 2020 Supercross and going back up to Canada for the Nationals if you could get a ride and if things worked out and and all of that over privateering it in the U.S. Nationals? Uh, yeah, if I had a ride, I'd go back. Yeah, um, yep. You know, it's it's not bad up there when you have a ride. Like, I would never privateer it up there. Um, but I, I like it up there. Like, it has its ups and downs, like, but it's not as big as the U.S., and I'm competitive, and I have fun, and it's just a cool country, and I just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't complain. Like, some people just complain about everything, and it's it makes it miserable, but I, I kind of find it, you know, different and fun. So I've always liked going and if I have a ride, I'd always go back. Right. Um, but I would love to race outdoors in the States. Well, you can do it now. You're back. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, trying to figure out a good butt patch. Yeah. Just yeah. You got, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of possibilities for that for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm just, yeah. I'm glad it's, it's settled two years. And you're back racing, and uh, you know, again, you and I got into it a few times because I was just like, you can't race in Canada and get and get prepared, and you're like, I don't think so, but then you, but you can't. It's so confusing, and and the whole process has been confusing. So so confusing. I know, and, and it's such a joke too. By the way, again, my words, not yours. Um, at some point, yeah. we did a race X interview, and you said that they were they were pissed that you spoke out about it, and I'm like, why? Like you're just talking about your situation. It's oh, the whole thing, man. Uh, I don't. It's such a we need. Drug testing in our sport. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I know. When was that? That was like that was right after I had surgery because I remember yeah. we did that while I was while I was driving back from the doctor's office. Yeah, yeah, probably. So that, that was like the end of seventeen, I think. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, I'm just like, oh, so you can't make a living racing motorcycles, you know, anywhere else, and you can't speak up about it. You just have to just go away. I, I yeah. So um, the whole thing was so stupid to me. What are you gonna do? Nope. Yep. You're no. back though. I, I'm very, very happy. 
to uh, to see you back and see this thing finally resolved and racing Supercross would be fantastic. And what number will you be? Um, so I actually got a number today. Oh, my seven sixty one was taken. Yep. I, there was no numbers that have twelve in it. Um, like anywhere, mm-hmm. so I couldn't use that. But lo- so I uh, I kind of just randomly picked, and you know I picked the lowest one you could pick, and I got two eighty. So two eighty it is. I don't like two eighty. I don't like that. What's wrong with two eighty? I don't like eights and zeros in numbers. I like straight well, lines. Eighty. I know. Eighty. I know. I don't like that either. I like fours, sevens, ones, twos, straight lines. I don't know. I don't know what. What do you want from me, man? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just saying. Uh, no, man. Uh, uh, that's awesome. I- I'm stoked you're back. That's cool. What a what a nightmare! A couple of years. You made the best of it, though. You be able to eke out a living thanks to FXR, and you're racing the Canadian stuff and all of that. So, um, yeah, it's finally over. It's done, man. Two years. It's done. Yeah, we're living. That's awesome. Good to hear. We're the, back. Uh, hey, Ray, we're back in business. Oh yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for the first podcast to fire up next year when you two line up next to each other in a in a heat or anything. So, um, oh god. Uh, FXR Racing, Race Tech Suspension, Privateer Island Life, number 94. Kate Clayson, thank you for the time, Kate. I appreciate you. You know, we've been in touch. I've known this is kind of coming, and you, you promised me you'd come on and do the show because I knew I knew our listeners would want to hear about it because they've been along with this journey the whole time. So uh, I appreciate you letting us uh, letting us tell the story, and, uh, and thanks for doing the show, and thanks to FXR, thanks to Race Tech, Namira, Maxis, Skosh, all those guys. And most of all, you're back, Kate. Thanks for doing it, man. Hey, Steve. Thank you.